Hey, Cask Chasers, it's Katie. In today's episode, we are taking a little bit of a different approach. I've asked Bobby and Aaron to talk me through some of their favorite high-end, high-quality whiskeys. So hope you enjoy walking through some things that are definitely attainable, but ultimately suited for your palate, because that is what we are all about at Cask Chasers. So pour a dram and settle in. This is the Cask Chasers podcast. Bobby, how long have you known me at this point? I don't know. Too long? No. Um, <laughs> two years? Love you back. Two years-ish, yeah. it feels like. Would you say I'm I'm normally somebody who's not easily intimidated? Uh, I don't think you're an intimidatable person. <laughs> well put. I appreciate that. Not intimidated. I mean that. You're fierce. Well, I have all the feels now, but... Really, the only reason I was asking is because I'm actually a little intimidated by what we're talking about today. And people think of what the the, the high end whiskey world as being too too overrated. Oh. I guess overrated. Uh, That's okay. the best All way right, to say okay. it. Yeah, sure. overrated. Sure. So intimidating and and overrated, and uh, could not agree more. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why could Aaron's... not disagree more. <laughs> could Good maybe catch. disagree more. We'll find out. Don't stay I tuned. Don't, I don't not agree. So, Bobby could not agree more or less with mm. the high-end mm. whiskey world mm. being overrated and... I don't think it's overrated, okay. and I don't think it should be intimidating. Okay. There yes. you go. That I can follow. All right. Yeah. Aaron. <laughs> we get there. Where do you stand on fancy whiskeys? So, I, so, I mean, there are high-end whiskeys, there are expensive whiskeys, there are overrated whiskeys, there are underrated whiskeys. You know, I mean, there, there's all these different things and I, I i think i think what we're what we're talking about today is special you know ki- mm-hmm. kind of special and we're we'll get into all these topics right i mean there's some people that there's a whiskey that you know a whiskey aficionado might not think is terribly high end or sophisticated that that's their special whiskey for one reason or another and there's there there are some to a new whiskey drinker that they think that's it you know, that's the precipice mm-hmm. that's on the pedestal. You know, it's this whiskey and oh my God. Yeah, I've got this whiskey. Ooh, yeah. And then there's, you, you get into it, you know, a little more, you get a little more seasoned. And while those are not bad whiskeys, in fact, a lot of them are fantastic whiskeys. You just find other stuff that kind of fits into that. Can I throw mold. a caveat? No. Thanks. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Um, what we are not talking about today is whiskeys that are overpriced. For the sake of hype. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or what I, I, we, I'll agree with that. Sure. Or what we believe is hype. Mm-hmm. I'll give one example and then we can probably move past it. I'm not talking about Blanton's. Blanton's right. is a great whiskey. Tastes good like Blanton's. Its MSRP does not match what people are paying for it because of its mm-hmm. hype. That's not what I'm talking about. Everything, of course, is our opinion. Today, I think we're talking about our opinion of what we think of when we think of upper echelon higher priced whiskeys that we will buy for special right. occasions. Yeah, I would or say as gifts. I was Yeah, and I think I think that was a really important differentiation to make because one of the reasons why I so I actually suggested this topic because I do want to get into it. I love how broad our appeal is with everyday whiskeys or high quality whiskeys that anybody can enjoy. But you know, this has always been something that's kind of like, I don't know, a top shelf shadow for me. And when I was first getting into whiskey, there were definitely a lot of those people who would just reference something that had some ridiculous unattainable price point and act like they were a whiskey aficionado just because they knew the name of something that cost $800 and can drop it like, well, I've had that. So and that that's something that does stick out to me and that I think does dissuade a lot of whiskey drinkers because who wants to be in a conversation with somebody like that? Well, yeah. And I I think we'll be talking a lot of attainable whiskeys. Mm-hmm. I'm going to speak for myself. I think I speak for Bobby and you too, in that most of the whiskeys I buy are under a hundred bucks. 
nine times out of ten, if I'm buying a whiskey, it's yeah. under a hundred bucks, right? Yeah. Not not to say I won't splurge and spend several hundred or something like that, but most of the whiskeys I buy that I'm keeping on my shelf are under a hundred bucks, and I'm almost all of them I'm buying right around MSRP as mm-hmm. well. You know, be, just because I I don't I don't I don't buy into the hype of the you know the the secondary market and, and all of that. Unless I've had it before, I get very uncomfortable spending more than a hundred. There are times I've, I think 120 is probably my soft spot, like where I start to get a little edgy. Yeah. And I, we, again, this conversation is to not sound pretentious or anything. It's not that I can't afford or won't buy if I save up or whatever reason. I don't know that I, I, it's hard to find a bottle that I'm like, I need that bottle and it's worth to me that price point. There's only a few yes. of those. Yes. And, they're out there, and there are some really good ones, bourbons and scotches and, and whatnot and, that exist that I will pay. Um, but, yeah, no, I think that kind of what you – And I'll, I'll, I will even say there are some that are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars that I, f- I might feel are worth that price point, but I will likely not buy well, them. Well, let's, let's do a – let's just put the cards on the table yeah. just for the listeners. What's the most you've spent on a bottle? Me personally, I I don't think I've broken three hundred okay. purchasing myself a bottle. Mine was seven hundred, right? Highland Park twenty five, but I wouldn't. I I would struggle to do it again. I'm glad I did. Mm. It was a time mm-hmm. thing. We're glad you did too because you shared yeah, it. Yeah, but it's that's just the peak. My typical, I'd say three hundred is probably where it gets pricey. For I'm me. way in the little leagues because I think the most expensive one I ever bought was 150. I think it was the one of the Pandarens that I brought mm-hmm. in yeah. from uh, oh, yeah. one of which, our last tastings. Which was good. I hope there's still some left. Um, it's in storage. Oh, good answer. Oh, he pointed no, no, to no, his no, belly. No, it's, it's in storage. <laughs> it's what, in storage. That's, so, so that's what guys, we call Belly's or Bobby's someone's belly. Someone's Bobby, belly. Bobby's belly. I. So I do. I think what we have on the table today is a good representation of classic pricey bottles that people typically go out and buy. We can just jump into that. Yeah. There's a conversation to have for both, yeah, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Let's start with Johnny Walker Blue. Okay. Because that's one, and uh, you know, all your all your whiskey nerds and whiskey aficionados are going to be like, oh, Johnny, Johnny Walker Blue. Overpriced. Johnny is overpriced. Uh, Johnny well, it's Walker a blend. Blue. It's a blend. It is. So people get weird with blends to begin with. Johnny Walker is also a name. I mean, and what I mean by that is it's 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 well marketed. It's vast. It's it's not a rarity. I mean, it's you can get a Johnny Walker blue pretty easily anytime anywhere yeah. i can't think of now it's rare as in there's a limited amount but they're blending from a vast amount right makes sense right um it's pretty old whiskey in here if i remember correctly i think there's up to 40 year old whiskey in this blend and what's the price point a- around 200, 200. Two, 2 to 225 2 to 230 somewhere in there yeah it's typically in my head the people that buy johnny walker are people that aren't whiskey nerds right they drink whiskey and they see that as uh, it's almost like if outside of whiskey, if somebody said buy something pricey, I'd, cognac, I'd be oh, uh, that Rolex. just pops into my Rolex, Rolex. You, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, because it's a name or it's a name you know. Um, where there's that nuanced whiskey where or watches, I don't even know a name of a watch. Nah, that, you Rolex know, whatever, is yeah. like one of two it's the Rolexes of of whiskey. Yeah, and it's good. I really do enjoy yeah, it. Yeah. I think it's great. I think it's. I think the price point is probably decent yeah I, I, i've never yeah. seen it by the glass that i thought was acceptable no no i mean you you go to a bar and they're you'll ridiculous see 50 50 that's glass, something like that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i think that's silly um, but 200 bucks for a nice bottle to you know have on the shelf no matter who you have comes over they see it they recognize it. everybody's going to non non-whiskey yeah. drinkers are going to be familiar with johnny walker blue and they're right. going to know that it is a quote high-end whiskey and that's something i do want to give johnny walker a shout out for because i always like smart marketing and, yeah. and approaches there. And the fact that, you know, they have the color coding of the labels, that's something else that sticks out to somebody who's not a super whiskey nerd to say like, okay, well, at least I know blue versus black versus red. Like there's some degree of difference there in what I'm shooting for. I respect that. Absolutely. And a lot of people do the label and blue and colored label things, but Johnny Walker kind of owns that. I have a special place in my heart because we've talked about, if you've listened to the show, you know that Thank you for John, your service. Thank me for my service. I'm sorry. We were not um, there yet. For, for the listener service? For the listener. For thank listening? you for your service, listeners. <laughs> um, if you've listened, first off, if you listen to our show, you'll understand that annoying reference. Um, <laughs> but if, uh, and it's hilarious. Um, but I started in Johnny Walker. So that's, that's, and I enjoy, I do like Johnny. I'm not going to, I like Johnny Walker. 
I, oh, I'm yeah. not a huge oh, fan yeah. of the red, but I under, I get the red. It's cheap. It's whatever. Johnny Walker Blue Label is a tasty whiskey. It's got a lot of depth to it to me. It's, it's, it's you know, it's not high ABV. It's 40%. You know what I mean? People sure. struggle with um, high low ABV and, and the price tag. That's not who I am. I was just talking to you guys about the Grand Crew, uh, the Glenfiddich Grand Crew. That's forty percent ABV, and I think it's ex- I think it's exceptional. Right. Yeah, you were and saying that, roughly yeah. about two hundred bucks. And I'm a high proof guy. I like high proof whiskeys too. But I think they did it right. And I think the forty percent works. Obviously, it's mass produced. Is probably why it's at forty because they're trying to get more of this yeah. rare wi- liquid mm-hmm. out. But I think it's I would buy a bottle. It's so it's it's super approachable. It is nuanced and subtle enough that I think honestly I think if you're whiskey your whiskey snob, your whiskey aficionado was given this and didn't know what it was, they'd be asking you what it is. What is that? You know, I like that. What is that? I challenge the people listening that are that and say, oh, Johnny Walker Blue, are you kidding me? You're, you know, you're, you're whatever. If it was on the table and I said, hey, you want a glass? None of you are saying no. Oh, absolutely. None of you. You know, you're going to, you want a glass of it because yeah. it's good. Yeah. Well, and I, that doesn't so, mean you're going to go out and pay 200 bucks for sure, it. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, I know, um, I think, and if I'm if I'm wrong, I'm I'm sorry. But uh, uh, Jeffrey from the Scotchy Bourbon Boys, when he has a tasting, when he does an in person tasting, and they are primarily bourbon focused, at the end of their tasting, they sort of se- all celebrate with uh, with a, a dram of Johnny Walker Blue. Yeah, you know, at the end, of, that's how they close out their night. It's a nice thing. It's this thing that everybody recognizes. Is this Johnny Walker Blue? And I thought that was a cool thing. I thought that was a kind of a nice thing. Bourbon drinkers that aren't into scotch know it. You know, they they know Johnny Walker Blue. So, I, what should we taste it? What, let's what talk, do we think? Let, yeah, let's talk through notes. Let's talk through what we get on it and everything. You know, for being a whiskey with low ABV, I want to start backwards and work my yeah, way because yeah. it's something you know, I've been sipping on it. It's got a decent finish. It's got a nice finish, actually. It's not super long, but it's and, and not a lot of depth to the finish, but it's there. It's kind of peppery, but the nose has you know. has prickles, if you will. You know, like yeah. it, it it stabs at you a little peppery. Um, it is a blended Scotch whiskey, which I believe legally means that there is more than malted barley in it. it means it's going to have other grains in it as well. Yeah, which is kind of a Johnny Walker thing. Now, Johnny Walker does have a blended malt whiskey. Yes. Um, I want to say that's the green. I want to say that also, um, but I don't know. Yep, yeah, it's the green label. But the blue label is a is a blend of grain and and. There again, people that are anti-grain, there are a lot of good grain scratch oh, yeah, whiskey out there. Anyway, so the on the uh, on the palate, dry fruit. There is a there is a spice kind of thing, a, a little heat. Do you know what I get? It reminds me of um, certain types of barbecue I've had, where it's more of the sweetness that overwhelms, like it's almost caramelized a little bit, and yeah. then you just get that hint of smokiness at the end to remind you it's. It's a, like a barbecue type of meal. So I like that. And not to say that this tastes like barbecue sauce because it does not. I would not spend 200 bucks on barbecue <laughs> sauce. Um, I might. Who knows? Um, but I was trying to find a way to explain. I feel it's a very slight peat in it. But then yeah. again, I dive into, you know, these peat bombs. I from look time for that. Time. Yeah. But like it's got a really slight, really subtle peat to me, which to me... I really like that in a scotch. I, mm-hmm. I, I like that little bit of peat that's sort of lingering through the whole process, that sort of smokiness. It adds a depth. It, it, it creates more of a ride for the other notes. Mm-hmm. But I think you're spot on. And this one has a lot of the the uh, the the fruitiness, the fruity notes that I like, which are some of those stone fruits, you know, like your your um, currants and your, yeah, your uh, yeah. raisins and all, which is funny because I don't like raisins. I super don't like raisins. Um, but, I've never had a current outside of just nosing it in a whiskey. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. So next episode, we're just eating currants is, is all we're going to do. But uh, those sort of things. Uh, and like, it's just really, it's got a rich mouthfeel to me. It's got, it's got a super depth of flavor. Um, it's got a decent finish. I, I don't think it's terribly long, but. So I, I heard you guys say a little peppery on the finish, slight finish. And then we talked about some of the stone fruits and a little bit of the smokiness on the nose. What you guys are getting on the palate, is that different from anything that you've described so far or where's that fall in? You know, it's to Asking me it's for a, a friend. To me it's a good classic scotch whiskey. Yeah. It's, it's there's nothing extraordinary. The second one we'll talk about has some extraordinary notes to it. This isn't extraordinary. 
No. It's just no. complex and very good. It's the best of your classic scotch, mm. in my opinion. When you think scotch, unpeated, well, not that it's un- there are elements of peat. I'm saying when you're not thinking fully peated and you're thinking just a classic scotch at its best, I think that's what you kind of get from this. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Can we talk about the bottle a little bit too? Because I know when I think about like higher end, meaning high quality scotches, I love looking at the opulence of bottle designs in this area specifically. And this guy has like a little medallion on it. Yeah. Do you know why it's square like that? Um, So it can be stored more easily alongside fine crystal? So kind of. So there's a there's a whimsical story that Johnny Walker didn't want his wife or something I've heard hearing the bottles rolling around or whatever. So they would they wouldn't roll and clink or on the ships. They wouldn't roll and clinks. <laughs> so there's that fun little right. You laugh about it. But really, the reason is it's actually the the most economic way to ship. I believe Which that makes sense. It, yeah. You can fit more into a crate. Because mm-hmm. of this square bottle, and that's Johnny Walker. Now they have a. There are Johnny Walker bottles that are different. There are round ones, and there are you know special mm-hmm. you know releases and whatever. But your typical Johnny Walker bottle has that square look to it, and that's for shipping reasons. But outside of that, it kind of is unique. It has a a thick kind of heavy. It is a heavy bottle. Yeah. Too. Well, and I, mean, I, I, I want to point that weight. out because yeah. I mean. I, Everyone listening has probably seen a Johnny Walker red, a Johnny Walker black, maybe even a you know a Johnny Walker green. You've seen these bottles, and they are square, but they're just a bottle. You know, they are a square bottle. This one ah, this is a thick bottle. It is. You know, you look at the edges, you look at the corners there. It's got a really beefy heel on it, which is, uh, to me, that's one of my favorite things about a mm-hmm. bottle is when it's got that really chunky heel. Number one, it helps it not knock over um, or spill. I do have three small children. Um <laughs> So that's one thing, but like there's there's some real heft to that bottle, and there's some real quality. And it just to that glows bottle. too. Oh yeah, oh like, yeah. The blue tint of the glass in this bottle against that, you know, like very pretty, kind of light amber, almost kind of like yellow amber tone of the whiskey itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, even when you're looking at photos of this thing online, it stands out versus the rest of the collection, which I think is really well thought out. Yeah, it's a pretty bottle. It really is. And it's a marketing... Listen, call a spade a spade. It's a marketed whiskey. It's a marketed bottle. It's mass... Well, mass produce is a loose term for the blue because there is a finite amount of it, but at the same time, you can get it anywhere. But yeah, you're never not going to find it. You want to impress a friend. You want to get a gift. You have... Maybe you're not a whiskey snob or a whiskey you know, nerd or whatever. You're just a whiskey... You like whiskey. Appreciate Appreciate whiskey. You have a couple hundred bucks to spend... That's the bottle. This is this is what a a a friend is buying for a friend. That is the friend is not Corp- necessarily into whiskey. Good or, corporate per- purchase. I was just thinking yeah, yeah, like exactly. happy yeah. retirement whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I will say some one negative about it. How dare you? Hot takes. One negative. Mm. It's one of those bottles that I feel like you should be able to pour as much as you want, and your friend shouldn't look at you. Like you're the Antichrist. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So I poured myself a dram of this, like we always do. And Aaron was like, well, I mean, if it is going to, and he, he fell all over the table about it. So I did. Yeah. So when you're pouring, when you're pouring a, an a, a expensive, pricey bottle, or if a friend offers you something to try to, if somebody, if you go to somebody's house and they pull out something special, they're your friend. They want to treat yeah. you. Don't gobblet this thing. Don't right. pull out a, mu- a stein, you know, and be like, well, top it off. Well, since you're offering. Yeah. This, yeah, fe- yeah. this feels like a flashback to when Bobby opened his uh, Highland Park 25. I'm I just was, saying. And yeah. everyone was sitting there like, I, I, I want more, but I, I can't pour it. God. <laughs> Three quarters of that bottle was drank by, quotation mark, friends. <laughs> right. Um, and whatnot. No. You say Dan funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love there's you, some, buddy. There's some... Look, that's an exceptional bottle. It it really is. That and, is a, that's a fantastic yeah, bottle. Um, and I would, I would say, if I'm just blind sh- Kentucky winded shooting here, if I'm going to spend more than three hundred bucks every three years, you know what I mean? Sure. So that was going to be my next question. Like, if you've got something like this on your shelf, or you know, even beyond that, the Highland Park Twenty Five. What are the circumstances under which you bust that out to share with people? Well, I think I think your your Highland Park Twenty Five is a. Do you want to talk about when you when you brought that out and you were specifically waiting so my, for it? So, first off, I'm a huge Highland Park fan. When I started diving into whiskey, uh, and I started trying to 
really find what I was into, Highland Park was kind of it. It kind of hit all the notes I was looking for in a whiskey. That's like the perfect profile for me. And then I've never, even from the 12 year up, and people, you know, the 12 year is kind of basic, but I find I like the 12 year. I, I like All the way too. up, right? And very rarely does Highland Park have a miss. So because I have this love for it, there's that element. And then my wife bought it for me as a gift. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a big piece of it. So I came home to this gorgeous box and this beautiful bottle of whiskey, and, and I was so scared to open it because I, 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 I knew the chances of getting it again were going to be slim because you never, I've never seen it. You, you, know you, what I mean? you have, you specifically have a hard time opening special bottles. Opening when, them. when there's a joke that I have a hard time opening bottles, but it's when I have two bottles of the Signet. Yeah. And I open the Signet as soon as I get it. And yet I brought my bottle today. Yeah. I'm just You're stupid. Mine's in storage. Um, <laughs> in your belly. Um, <laughs> but um, but my if it's a rare whiskey that I don't know that I'm going to get again, I do have a hard time. Oh yeah. Oh, and yeah. so I open it. We did the movie premiere. We did the no, we're not premiere. We did the we film. Did the, the the East Coast release of um the Water of Life film. We had Brad Kenyon here. We had a live on stage. It was a, it was just a big night for us, and we were kind of the first one of the first events after COVID. You know, it was still limited, but you know, so I felt like. The podcast had kind of revived itself and everything from season into season two, new director. All these things meant something to me. So I thought this is the group I want to share this whiskey with. And it being a gift, Highland Park being my favorite, sharing it with friends, it just made it taste like gold. 100%. And it was a big night. It was was a big big night. night. A lot of stuff coming to an apex. Yeah. 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 So I chased that. And once this bottle's gone, which it's close. I'll probably get another one, and I'll probably it was a, mine's the two thousand I want to say fifteen. Um, I'd probably look for that again. Yeah, and it was uh, good. Yeah, very good, very 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 good. I think I said it tasted like angels' tears or angels singing. I don't remember which one. Yeah, <laughs> one sounds sad but still delicious for yeah. some dark reason. Right, yeah. <laughs> depends on your sense of humor, I guess. <laughs> right. I like caviar and. I get that from Highland Park. So I don't want people to think I'm going to go buy it. Don't go. What I mean by that statement is know what you're drinking. I know Mm -hmm. I like Highland Park. That's what that's the point I'm trying to express. I was going to bring that up because there there's bottles that I'll buy. You usually I'm a very big proponent of try before you buy when it comes to whiskey. Yeah. But there are certain things that I know I trust the distiller. I know I trust the blender. I know I trust that importer or the people that are Mm -hmm. like. I, I will take a chance. Let, often. let me define yeah, that ahead. statement, what I said about caviar. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever had caviar? Yes. It's yes. sound. If you have it, it's, first off, it's delicious. And there's almost a likeness there because Highland Park has that salty, briny thing. But mm-hmm. what I mean is you think in your head, I want caviar. And I'm going to go spend the money. I see it on TV. It's It looks fancy. It's whatever. I get it's fish eggs. I like seafood. And then you get it. Caviar is a very unique, salty I've I've seen people that are fish people and they eat caviar and go this is this they sucks. exist yeah oh yeah fish people fish people sorry mostly I help in, a, myself. in the Atlantic region <laughs> um, so really know the whiskey I recommend going to finding bars or friends houses that have it and try it before you go out and dish out seven hundred eight hundred thousand dollars yeah That's right ridiculous thousand yeah. dollars for a whiskey. You know, just to have it on your shelf because you've heard of it before. And then one day you crack it and you go, oh, my God, I spent $1,000 on. First off, don't spend $1,000 on whiskey. But um, anyway, yeah, that's my point. That feels like the most like cask chasers line, if I can, if I may. You know, and I mean that in a really good way because, you know, one thing that I was struggling with a little bit when I was thinking through how we could talk through all of these things is how do we stay authentic to the things that we normally you know, like preach about or or encourage people to do. And I love what you just said, Bobby, about, you know, know what you like and kind of celebrate from there. Because I'm sure there are people out there that have found that one thing that's theirs. And, you know, if you want to go out and spend extra money on a high quality or rare version of that, that means something to you and fits your taste palate, then I would consider that to be a whiskey in the same category as what we're talking about today. It's like self-defining, you know? And to to that point, if if you... A, a whiskey, you should only spend on a whiskey what it is worth to you. I mm. do not condone. I do not condone secondary market. I don't any of that kind of stuff. But 
if it is worth it to you and it will make you happy and you actually enjoy the taste, the experience of something that's going for double MSRP, God forbid, on the secondary market or more, that's on you. You know, I, I, if, if, if that is the, the one thing that you love and it is, you know, difficult to obtain, fine. But I mean, it's a difficult, this is a difficult topic for us because it it goes against the grain of what Cast Chaser stands for. And we're about, you know, looking for that next dram, looking for that next whiskey that stands out, but not negating the bottom shelves or the, you know, the, the unknowns or the locals or things like that. And we, our point is never to say, don't buy, you know, trope whiskey or don't buy, you know, name brand. Our, our thing is try other stuff too. Yes. And before you spend that money, know what you're getting into. And we're never, I'm never going to tell somebody how to spend their money. No, if they no, buy, no, no. I am going to say, you know, I'm leery of overpriced aftermarket. But, I mean, that's your pocket, man. You spend it on whatever you want to spend it on. But I'm just saying there are whiskeys out there that are exceptional, in my opinion, in our opinion, that are worth your dime. Haida, how would you pronounce this? G-L-E-N-A-L-L-A-C-H-I-E. <laughs> I pronounce that delicious. Or Glenallachy. Okay. Right? Single malt scotch whiskey from Speyside. Okay. The distillery's been around since 1967, but only available as a single malt since 2018. Uh-huh. And the whiskeys are designed by Billy Walker. What? Yeah. Talk to me more. Yeah, I know, because you, you have no idea who Billy Walker is. No. But the Cast Chasers podcast fan base do. Okay. He was the gentleman behind Glendronach Distillery, Ben Riach, Glen Glassa. I like, should be excited right you now. You should be. If you're a whiskey fan, you should be super excited. Okay. Big, fruity, heavy, sherried whiskeys, just oh. glorious stuff. Okay. Yep, Glenallachy. That's okay. how you pronounce it. Okay, Glenallachy. Right. Glenallachy. Okay. Impex Beverages. Yes. Guess what we are? Uh, I don't know. Proud sponsors of the Cast Chasers podcast. Right. Yes. There are whiskeys out there that, to me, are underpriced, dare I say. You know, there's whiskeys out there to me that are, you know, $35, and I've bought whiskeys for $65, $70 that I feel that are every bit as good, Mm -hmm. you know? So uh, not that they're necessarily worth more. And honestly, a lot of those, if they hit something where they jump from $35 to $70, I will lay off of them for a while just because that's who I am as a person, you know? But uh, they're... To me, the, I, I I have a ha- I have a handful that I'll taste. I'll taste something new, and I'll go. Okay, price point. What else do I know at this price point? Is this as good as that one to me? And that's sort of what I go back to. No, I agree, and I'm careful now too because I've had the privilege of having you know Pappy. You know, I had Pappy 21. I think it was 21, 21 year, which was amazing. It was very very good. Not, I would not. I wouldn't pay. I've seen that for two, yeah. three grand, two. No way. That's to me a hundred and twenty dollar bottle at most, and that's not. A t- I don't know that. That's. I don't know what its MSRP is to be candid, but that's. If I had to stick a number on it, if we were playing the prices right, and I tasted the pad, I'd say one hundred and twenty bucks. Yeah. It's good. It's. Yeah. it's, it's uh, there are better whiskeys. I would say it's a great whiskey, yeah. to be honest. But uh, to be a great, to have a price point even there, you know, halfway up a hundred, headed towards two hundred, it has to be a great whiskey. Yeah, for me. Yeah, that's that was my next question. What was going to be to you guys? You know, if I throw out a couple names there, I'm curious to get your guys' takes on where they fall on the side of like. Hyped up and overpriced mm. versus really quality and, and would be something worth shooting for that merits the price that it's been listed at. Sounds fun. Interesting. Pappy was one of them. So we just touched on that. Um, McKellen. That's one I hear <sighs> thrown out a lot. So in my opinion, Pappy is very good. McKellen is the scotch of Pappy, in my opinion. They're same. If you're interesting, you can in my you can from what I've had, you can interchange the two as sure. far as now, as, as far as topics. I feel like I don't see a lot of McAllen over MSRP, but I feel like the MSRP is high. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, but I don't know. That's a different. It's 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 not. I think with American bourbons, it's more of a market 
you know, it's it's fabricated by the market, fabricated by the consumer, mm. and fabricated by this by the um, by the d- distributor, and probably the distillers say they don't, but you know, whatever. Um, I think with your Scotch whiskeys, they're so taxed and bombarded by things anyway, and typically with Scotch, a really good Scotch is old, so there's not mm. very much of it to play with. So I think the price is probably still fabricated a little bit uh, based yeah, on name, uh, well, uh, yeah, but I'm, there's I'm, not an inflation from MSRP. That's more. Yeah. What I, that, it, that's more. Yeah. What I'm saying is that I, I feel that mostly they're they're high priced some some of the 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 lower um age statements i yeah. think are right right around where they should be you know the 60 to 80 dollar range i the mccallan 25 hold on back up real quick the mccallan 18 mm-hmm. somebody look up the price point on it the mccallan 18 is superb it is su- i have never had a mccallan i didn't like to be honest. Oh, with you. yeah, and I'll say that too. It's not garbage. Yeah, you no, know, it, I, I've it is had good whiskey. Yeah, I've had all six of the um, McAllen one through six series that they did. I've had the obviously the twelve McAllen fifteen and the eighteen, and I've had McAllen twenty one. I've never had McAllen twenty five year, um, but I hear McAllen twenty five is 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 above and beyond. But McAllen's very good, very good at what they do. Make a great whiskey. I just don't know that price point. Um, McAllen to me is something I buy at a bar. Yeah. I think it's very good. I don't, to me, I don't know that it is at a point of being exceptional enough that I would spend those extra, you know, however much more you're spending 12, 15% versus something else with the same age statement, the same rough, whatever. A lot of the price points I'm seeing on McAllen 18, and I mean, there are a couple different releases and everything. They range from like 300 a lot in the 300 price range from just under to about 400 depending on which one we're looking at it's super good i'd probably i would probably pay 250 for the mccallan and i would it's probably worth 300 and i would drink bobby's that he bought at 300 because that's what friends do but there are whiskeys out (laughs) there and this is where we're trying to and this topic is about high-end whiskeys i would buy the mccallan 18 sure um i don't know that and there were two different occasions. I don't. I remember. I remember being wowed by the eighteen, and I remember thinking the twenty-one was very good. Hmm. There wasn't a moment where I thought, I don't know that they both. I don't know if they wow. I don't know if one overdoes the next. So I wonder how much better the twenty-five can possibly be. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, because that one looks like it's that's stupid. Getting that's, into like the thousands. You're up, 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 and I'm not spending that. And yeah. I, yeah. you know what I mean? And I've had very old. I mean, I've had twenty. Obviously, the Highland Park yeah, twenty-five, yeah. thirty-year-old single malts. Yeah, I've yeah, had yeah. old single malts and, and Scotch whiskeys that were b- b- amazingly good. Right. I can't see paying that price, but that's just me. Look, if again, if you have the coin and the means, I would say that twenty-five outside of a budget is probably a whiskey to pick up if you can afford it. Because I have had nothing from McAllen that was not impressive. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, it's just a bit pricey. Yeah. It's I'll just, get a, it's, that. just a, it's the Nike of the whiskey. It's right. the it's the pappy of the of the Scotch world. And, and I love you know. that comparison. Yeah. I've seen a lot of Glenfiddiches of different uh, you know years that also go up there for like thousands of dollars. So, do you guys have any thoughts on where they rank in? So, there are parts of Glenfiddich that's are that are an underrated whiskey and they're you know it's it's a mass produced it's an easy obtainable um the oldest i've had from them i think the grand crew is the most expensive i've ever yeah. had of them and that's 200 bucks i would definitely i would i think 200 300 there you go that's for like a pristine yeah. quality yeah. drink yeah that makes sense so and i feel like i've had more discussions with people about glenfiddich specifically and what they like and what they don't like because i have found at least in my circle that some of the glenfiddichs that i'm like i love that a lot of people are like yeah it wasn't the best you know i, I dislike you know i not necessarily dislike it but i think it's overpriced whatever um personally a glenfiddich that i had that i really really liked was the it was an it was a 18 year like small batch reserve Okay. And Mm. I tried it. I had it, I had it at a, um, at a company event, um, where we had just like little tickets to, to get our drinks. And then somebody handed me more and it was a good night. Um, (laughs) but sounds like it. Yeah. I had that one and it was one of those, it was one of those times I bought, I know both of you have had this where you just kind of stop and you kind of close your eyes 
and like the world kind of fades away and yeah. becomes a little muffled. And I was like, wow. And I, I don't, it wasn't a particularly special occasion. It was like a company party, but it, it just wowed me. And the next day I'm talking about it. And a lot of the people that I'm talking to are like, yeah, it's okay. And I'm like, uh, oh, oh, and I mean, it, it could have been a batch thing. Yeah. You know, the, the, whatever the batch was that I had was exceptional. And, you know, I was didn't it know it. Was it the fact that it helped you escape a moment in a company party? <laughs> It might have been that, too. Those are the nuance there, yeah. <laughs> I think off of Scotch, bourbon-wise, I had one of those experiences where, you know, this is a $500 bottle I'm about to talk about. And at the $400, $500 range, I would strongly consider picking this up. And it's the rhetoric, Orphan Barrel Rhetoric 25-year. That was exceptional. And it was – I had it we, – we had it with Dan and – I think he said it's his favorite bourbon. Dan is a cast chaser, one of our one of our moderators in our in the group. If you um, if you listen to the um, the second live from the state theater, the Water of Life one, Dan he, is, Dan was our MC yeah. that night. So he pulled it out because Dan's a bourbon in my head expert. I mean, he's got he's got pretty much everything. He and knows more than I do. For he sure. does. Um, so I said, you know, wow me. So he Orphan Barrel, which I'm a big fan of Orphan Barrels. They're hit or miss, but Orphan Barrel Rhetoric 25. Um, I think he said he paid 500 bucks ish for it. Right. And Dan's picky when it comes to price yeah. points and, you know, whatever. Dan, I, I will say I feel like Dan is – he knows what he likes. And Dan yeah. is a little more ready to spend a few more dollars on things than I am mm. necessarily. Um, but, I mean, he's he's I, I he's never given me a whiskey that he's like, hey, try this, you know, expectantly. And I tried it and I didn't really, really, really enjoy. So This one was exceptional. I'm talking exceptional. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of those orphan barrels and, you know, and and things like that are really, really good. The old Carter I just bought, um, batch seven, um, also very good. I paid 120 bucks for that or I think something like that, um, which was really, really good. And then another one I had. Now, I had the opportunity to taste this and I would not pay for it. I think the mm. price point I'm looking online right now is like $1,200, $1,000. But it was also very, 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 very good. Um, the Old Forester Birthday Bourbon. Mm. Um, I've heard about that oh. one. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't try. I saw it, but I, I oh. haven't tried it yet. And I, I that that's what I hear from everybody is yeah. that sound you're making. Oh, my God. Somehow they spell it on the Facebook group. <laughs> oh, you oh. get com complexity and depth and, and richness and just it's just and it the a sip hangs around in your mouth for like an hour it is that amazing and it's just it's just it's it's you talk about a hug it just wraps you up you don't want to talk to anybody yeah when we tasted that no one gave their notes no one we just all made a sound and just sat there yeah that's how yeah. good that whiskey was now am i paying twelve hundred dollars nine hundred with that no that's stupid no no. Are you finding a friend that would pay twelve hundred dollars? Well, <laughs> we recommend would, everyone get a Dan. Get a friend. Well, this wasn't Dan. No, I'm this good. was yeah. This was. Um, I had it at a bar actually, and I paid. I don't know what I paid. Whatever I paid for the glass. I think it was comped. I think it shouldn't have been comped, but it was comped. Kind of thing. One of those like. Oops. I, I, yeah. If I even if I had the means, man, I don't know. That's the thing. If would I you, if I had the means, would you buy a glass of it though? Oh, absolutely. Thousand hundred. Billion, you, worth a t if you find it a thousand hundred billion percent. billion percent it was that good <laughs> a thousand hundred billion. enough that I think about it yeah well and that's the thing you yeah. look like you're haunted by a lost love discussing it's that this it's that right good now. it's really that good I think the rhetoric twenty five and that birthday bourbon are probably two of the best American whiskeys I've ever had in my entire life um, Scotch whiskeys Highland Park twenty five is up there it's very good um, and um, yeah and to be honest with you I mean, the Callan eighteen kind of sticks with me a little bit yeah I mean it was a I very don't think I had the eighteen it's super good yeah. Um, it's one of those you can find anywhere. Yeah, yeah. pretty much at any restaurant or bar, like high end, whatever yeah. place they have it. Not comparable to that. Yeah, to the two I just told you about. Those were those were exceptional. Some whiskeys that are harder to find that I find that I really really enjoy. Um, I'm a big Weller Antique um, fan. Now the price point on that should be sixties somewhere in that ballpark. Worth it. Worth every dollar at yeah, that price yeah. point. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I'd probably. I'd probably splurge and pay a hundred bucks if I right. found it. Cause right. Just because it's hard to find. I really do enjoy it. So anyway, we're sipping right now another $200 bottle. Mm -hmm. um, this is the Glenmorangie Signet. I think it's another 40 year. It's a 
it's an in-house blend, of course. Yeah, it's um, no, it's no. Not, unlike Johnny there. Walker, it's not blended from multiple distilleries. It's, it's all from Glenmore and G. Yeah, and I believe there's 40 year whiskey in this too. Um, 40 year old whiskey, or give or take. First off, the bottle is the sexiest thing on the planet. It, it, it might it really be, is. might be my favorite whiskey bottle. And coming from me, that's a that's a lot. Yeah. Um. Again, easily obtainable. You know, it's basically everywhere. I would say if you see it for over two twenty, two thirty, you can find it somewhere else for closer to two hundred. But I, for me personally, this is one of my one of my special occasion, or when I have people that yeah. I care about over or whatever. The bottle weighs eight billion pounds. Well, it the, is hefty, and it comes in a house. The cap, the 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 cork itself is a ton, weighs a ton oh yeah the just the cork is like it, you, you remember you remember the big metal pog slammers mm-hmm. it's like that 90s other 90s kid that's right yeah um, i do i do um I, this is the one that if somebody says hey i want to get something special i want to really get a good gift mm-hmm. i want to whatever i typically say this yeah because it's easy to find um it's a decent price point it's delicious it looks it's a the part great too. bottle it comes in a very sexy box with like a magnet closing mm-hmm. device wood box a, a wood yeah black all black wood box yep. yeah it's, i love the fact that they've been able to blend like kind of a, a modern style towards the top of the bottle with just something that does look very traditional very like mm-hmm. you know antique golden I just want to take a bath in it. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's an expensive bath. <laughs> you can't probably burn. I think <laughs> Glenmorangie is one of those you can't go wrong with. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah. Also. And, and there are people that are like, oh, Glenmorangie. You well, know, the ten blah, blah, people blah, blah, blah. are weird with because it's it's light. It does not a lot of. But I think it's a good easy I, daily. I, I think it's a great daily. I think it's a great sure. gateway whiskey. Their eighteen is really good. Super good. Their um, twenty five I haven't had, but actually it looks like a bowling pin. I actually really want that bottle, and it's. If I can rem- I think it's about, I think, it, I don't think it's that crazy for a 25 year single right. malt. I want to say four or 500 bucks. Right, I could which, be way off. Um, but I think that's about the price point I've seen it at. Those are, so with scotches, I, I don't, I'm not an age statement guy, mm-hmm. but I think when you get into the higher ends, you kind of start seeing that's what you get. Except for the signet here, it's, it's not an age stated. So that hurts some, I mean, the outside non-whiskey nerd may see this and say, well, there's no age statement on it. It's a single malt. Why am I paying 200 bucks right. or whatever? You got to get past that with this one. And the bottle's so sexy. I don't think you really need an age on it. Yeah, God, on I love it, yeah. it. I love it. Yeah. And, and I mean, uh, there are people out there who see Glenmorangie as a brand as sort of like an, like an entry level or, you know, a, a you know, not, not a, not a, a, a hot, you know, specifically stellar whiskey, maybe. I like. I, I've yet to have a Glenmorangie I didn't like. I've had some that I didn't love initially, but a lot of times, you know, over over the course of a few months, I will grow to like it a whole lot. Yeah, the thing I really respect about this is that it's part of a family of just delicious, high quality whiskeys. And and the biggest thing I've been taking away from listening to you guys is thinking, you know, if I've gotten to a point where I'm comfortable spending like 150 bucks on a, a good bottle of whiskey that, you know, is not super, uh, you know, rare or high quality to the extent that we're talking about mm-hmm. here, I'm really only a little bit of a jump away for something that could be incredible. Oh, absolutely. And, and you, there, there are whiskey, there are whiskeys you can get that I believe are exceptional for under that, you know, 200 ish dollar price point. And we picked these two, um, I think because they're super accessible, they're super, super easy to get a hold of and they are, they're, they're nice. One, you know, the, the blue label is one that people come to because, you know, everybody knows Johnny Walker blue and the Glenmorangie is another one. Like Bobby said, I mean, probably twice this week, um, someone has asked me, Hey, you know, I've got a friend, he likes whiskey. Um, I want to get him a, a retirement gift, a, this, a, that, and that's sort of one of my go-tos that I tell people for that is the Glen is the, the Glenmorangie. Uh, signet just because again it is easy to come across are there better whiskeys yes are there worse whiskeys obviously are there whiskeys that are you know that are you know something that we would have to go more on a hunt for yeah but i think today we just wanted to sort of touch on uh things that you can you can get your hands on you know higher end things that are kind of special that uh that you know are really good i want to really quick mention one other whiskey um do it do it so uh, if you can, if you are an age statement person and you can get a hold of the Mortlock 20. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. 
it's usually under a hundred uh, under two hundred dollars. I'm sorry, um, I've seen it for as low as one forty one fifty. Um, if you get it, I'd say any anything under one ninety or two hundred still worth it. I'd say every bit as good as either one of these, and it is one of those where I tasted it and then I just said nothing. You know, I took a sip, I sat there, and I just went, oh, you know. So Mortlock, Mortlock 20, oh, oh, the whole Mortlock line I really like, but Mortlock, Mortlock 20-year-old, I highly, highly, highly recommend. It's got, it's got a lot of those notes that I, I agree. Like. Yeah, the, the, your, yeah. your, your currants, your stone fruits, your, your, all those sort of things. And, and if you want to be on that time, if you want to be, if you want to get an old whiskey and not spend a lot of money and you want to impress people, IBs are a good way to go. We oh, had yeah. that whole IB. Let me, Aaron, let me ask you, you and Katie this, what's your dream bottle? Ooh. We just made the sound about the bottle we're imagining in our heads. <laughs> My, so it's hard. It's hard for me, and I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sort of fall back on something, but I'm not really not meaning to. I mean, we we end every episode with it's not about finding the perfect dram. It's all in the chase. So it changes for me. You know, it changes yeah. for me. What What's the next thing I want? What's What's the next this I want? Um, right. Well, what's one that you've had that you're like. I gotta have that bottle. I gotta have that, and then maybe I'll I'll start. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So my dream bottle is a Highland Park Forty here. Sure, mm. right? Um, the fifty year would be amazing, but I think that's you know the box itself is worth more than. Um, <laughs> You're gonna have to live in that box yeah. after somebody. So the the, yeah. the Highland Park Forty year is really that's something I eventually would like to get my hands on and and whatever and one of the older bottlings, not one of the newer ones. Nothing against the newer bottlings; they just lowered the ABV a little bit and and all that. But um, by older, I mean early two thousands, late two thousands, mid two thousands. I had a sample of the Glendronic nineteen ninety three twenty six year sent to me. That was probably the best single malt that I've ever had in my entire life. It was. So I seek out Glendronic now. Yeah. Glendronic 18, 21. I cannot find. I have samples of them. Mm. I, I can't find it. I can't find them anywhere. They're not unobtainable. They're just, I'm, you know, I'm just, there's one on a shelf and I miss it or whatever. All because of that super old, super rare. And I couldn't even tell you what that would cost. Um, but that was, a, that was probably the most exceptional that I've ever had. Um, but those are my two. If I saw, I would probably spend a little more than reasonable yeah. on them. I would say of ones that, and this will probably surprise some people. One that I've had that I really, really, really liked was, um, whistle pig farm stock rye. They've got a number, a, a number of them. They've got like I think each one has more of their actual, you know, their whistle pig distillate because they are sourcing to begin with. You know, the number two, and they they say zero zero one, zero zero two, zero zero three, zero zero four. The number two to me, um, it, th there was just something again, just really magical about it. Uh, sweeter than I expected. Um, almost had almost had a um like a uh, mapley type flavor to it but then also something a little bit um a little bit uh savory to it and i don't mean like spicy or peppery something actually savory in it which is something that i'm i don't really get in a lot of rice it's, mm. it's it's the pepper sometimes it's sweet um so that was a really good one if you can find the whistle pig farm stock rye the number two highly recommend and then i would say probably dream bottle would be um any Brooklady black art the from Jim McEwen. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. I it, that's I've never that's had a one. Never Let me change mine. One. Yeah, right. <laughs> Early Jim McEwen when Brooklady first came back 2001. Mm -hmm. Any from anything from which you can get obviously because yeah, yeah. so anything so what would that be 20 20 year or newer yeah. or older um those are probably to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And there's a special because we've had the opportunity to meet and hang out and talk with Jim. So I think that adds a little, yeah. you like know, something to it. A drink that makes know. a memory or space right. for something crazy. I'm going to, so this is not pulling from any kind of personal tasting uh, frame of reference. Um, because for me, whiskey is all about, I don't know, just like the experience that it brings with the tasting, which is the number one thing I've missed over the past couple of right. months. You know, just like that immediate, like, whoop pulls you back into a space. So I'm kind of of two mindsets. Um, I love things that are unexpected and unpredictable. So for a dream bottle, I want something that's just going to like 
transport me to the shores of Scotland. Like I want to feel like I have salt water spraying up against the cliffs and just kind of catching you in the breeze type of thing. That's, Always the romantic. I can't help it. And it's all my imagination right now. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. <laughs> that's so sad. She's pregnant. You it's know. all in the chase. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think tasting something that, you know, can so quickly transport you would be amazing. Um, so that's one thing I'm thinking about. The other, again, I don't have a frame of reference for this one. Uh, it's aside from a pop culture reference. Um there is, I think it's in Skyfall, where James Bond and the Bond villain, villain are drinking like a McKellen 50. And I think for me, James Bond is one of those characters that just has a whole like ethos and lifestyle around him. And I don't know, I just think it would be amazing to just take a sip of something like that and just kind of put yourself in the headspace of 007. But that's me nerding out more from a pop culture stance no, than actually, a whiskey stance. No, actually, I get that. But no, I like yeah. I one hundred percent get that. And we we've talked about you know with whiskeys and movies, and maybe we'll yeah. we'll touch on that at some point. Teaser. Um, <laughs> but no, I I one hundred percent get that. I mean, we we talked about uh, what's that show, Bobby? Peaky Blinders. Yes. And oh. so that's all that I was uh, drinking Irish whiskey through that whole thing. So like, did uh, it make you feel like you were a member of the gang? Like that's what I want. Like. Transport me to a place or transport well, I would me into a person. In he would That's fight people. Help me. Yeah. Really. I wore a hat the whole time. There yeah. were. And every time I did something, I would say, by order of the Pinky Blinders. Yeah. But Dana really got over it pretty fast. But <laughs> I, to your point, it, there's something about it. There's something about putting yourself in that space. They have very right. specific style glasses that mm-hmm. they drink from in that show. And you just, um, if you're drinking from a similarly styled glass, you it feels it feels more right to yeah. you. You know, it feels yeah. it feels like, yeah, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And I mean, you know, we're usually drinking from some sort of tulip glass or Glen Cairn or whatever to get, quote, the best drinking experience from it. But uh, sometimes a rocks glass just feels cool. And that's that's exactly mm-hmm. there it. I said that's it. exactly it. So yeah, I 100% get that. Yeah. And like I was like, Bobby has glasses that are very similar to the glasses that they are actually drinking from in Peaky Blinders. And there was a That's not so small cool. part of me that was super jealous of that the fact that he had those glasses. Those the, the little ones. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. One day when we're in a very well ventilated studio, um, we should dress like the people who are drinking the type of whiskey that we want to drink. I'm 100% on board for that. <laughs> you already have all the hats you need That's, for Peaky Blinders. So. <laughs> right. I will dress like everyone from Peaky Blinders if they had whiskey pins in their hats. I will come in in a fresh cut, perfectly tailored suit and uh, will arrive in an Aston Martin. I don't know that there's enough AC <laughs> to make because they all in even, the world. They, yeah. It's a wool. That's, that's a lot of wool. It's a lot of wool. <laughs> oh, well, that's that's for next time. All right. Well, I really enjoyed that conversation. And I want to thank you guys for kind of walking me through some of your favorites that are quality for a reason, because I think that's really what we what we wanted to get in today. So until next time, follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Cast Chasers. Check out our new swag shop for official Cast Chasers shirts, hoodies, glasses and merch. Every whiskey enthusiast is sure to love. And if you want to relive this episode and some of the whiskeys we talked about, visit castchasers.org to look at today's show notes and the rest of our Cast Chaser podcast library. And no matter what elusive or high-quality whiskey you're after, just remember, it's not about finding the perfect dram. It's all in the chase. Damn, that's good. We're we recording. We're in a happy space. Hi, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Whenever you're ready. That's Santa. <laughs> that was it. That was the intro. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, chasers. Yep. <laughs>